Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Well, happy weekend. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Thrilled to be with you. I am Brian Pointer, host of Indiana Outdoors. And that coffee went down the wrong way. That's okay. We're alive. I made it. Big, big show coming up. And the shot show was out in Las Vegas this last week. Was not there. Wish. It's on the bucket list. But it's a massive industry trade show, and uh, we're going to visit with Brent Wheat, the editor of Guns Magazine. So we kind of get a twofer. I always enjoy catching up with with Brent, but uh, he was out there, show wrapped up on Friday, and kind of get his take on what he saw, what was going on. And as editor of Guns Magazine, it has to be quite an experience for him. So we look forward to that. Brandon Butler, another outdoor writer. Haven't talked to him in the new year, so we're going to get a story update. Always good to have him be a part of what we do at Indiana Outdoors. And very, very excited. Uh, Mark Becker is the Land Acquisitions Director for the state of Indiana with our Department of Natural Resources. Governor Holcomb announces a 60-mile-plus trail funding for that down in southern Indiana. This is significant, big news, and a big move forward for outdoor recreation, especially in those communities. Oh, five counties, I think, are affected by this, eight different cities. So we're going to find out real soon what that is all about. I know it takes time, but exciting above-the-fold news around the state of Indiana out of the state of the state. So when we return, we're going to visit with him, and then we're going to be all over the place. The SHOT Show to Brandon Butler. We never know what he's going to talk about, but it is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Don't go anywhere. Brought to you by Indiana or, yeah, Indiana Toner Network. That's who we're sponsored by. Don't worry. I'll get it cleaned up before we come back right after this. the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Of course, we're brought to you by our good friends at uh, DrivenToSaveLives.org. That's the number two. Doing great work. We're making progress. You can sign up to be an organ and tissue donor when you buy your hunting and fishing license or just go and do it. It's pretty simple. And I am thrilled that we are able to uh, be with you. Here we are mid-January already. Playoff time, divisional weekend, lots, lots of football, lots of stuff going on. But we have a big Indiana outdoor show. And as I mentioned at the top of the hour, huge announcement uh, made at the state of the state by Governor Holcomb about a 
very lengthy trail, and it's part of this Next Level Trails initiative, which we've talked about before with our guest, Mark Becker. It's great to join, uh, have you join Indiana Outdoors. How have you been? I'm well. I'm well. Good morning. Well, this was kind of a big deal. I mean, you've uh, I just kind of reached across uh, the state here. I've seen this reported in mainstream media and news reports that it's pretty historic, pretty significant. But why don't you let's maybe start at the beginning of all this. You and I have talked in the in the past about this next level trails initiative and you are the steward of that and kind of hanging uh, hanging your hat on some job security here for sure because you've got a long li- a long lineup of things ahead of you in terms of trails in, in the state of Indiana. So let's start at the beginning. What is what is this next level trails initiative and and uh, where is it today and why is this announcement at the state of the state so important? Sure. Uh, well, I guess I'll take that a bite at a time. Um, the Next Level Trails program uh, was something that Governor Holcomb announced and spearheaded uh, first in 2019. And initially, it was a $90 million uh, program to uh, build recreational trails. Um, and so we've been working on that. We had our first uh, projects announced in May of 2019. Um, we announced the second round. Uh, sometime in, I think, early 2021. And uh, then we announced a third round in 2022. And in the midst of that, um, the legislature added, at the governor's request, an additional $60 million to that program. So it's now currently a $150 million program. Um, We've awarded, to date, 75 different projects around the state. Fifteen of those are already complete, uh, so that's a, actually we hit this right on the nose. Fifty point zero miles of new trail open today um, that you can go and enjoy all over the state, and a lot more in the pipeline. And so, uh, in his state of the state address um, last week, Governor Holcomb announced a couple of things. One, he's asking the legislature for another uh, fifty million dollars to add to Next Level Trails. Uh, for two additional rounds of funding, so that would take us to $200 million if that is included in the budget. But I think the highlight uh, really was this announcement of what we're calling the Monon South Trail, which is a, a 62.3-mile uh, railroad corridor acquisition from CSX Railroad, and it stretches from the city of New Albany all the way up past uh, uh, the town of Mitchell, uh, spanning five different counties, uh, Floyd, Clark, Washington, Orange, and Lawrence County. And so the governor announced um, a combined $29.5 million towards that project. Uh, $5.5 million is for the acquisition of the corridor from CSX. And then we're going to put an additional $24 million to begin uh, construction and development of the trail. That indeed is an exciting, and it was the highlight. And I always enjoy when the outdoors, outdoor recreation, conservation, hunting, fishing are a priority. And we've been fortunate with our governors and their leadership. So if we hover on what you just said there, these seem like staggering numbers for 
an investment of this kind because there's so much good that these trails do. So it is truly an investment. But this type of development is so complex because, as you mentioned, you're going across five different counties. You're going to have different groups responsible for different things. The acquisition, I just can't imagine the uh, real estate transaction that that must look uh-huh. like. But how do these these take time? When did all this conversation start? Well, it's been in the works for a while. Um, CSX uh, abandoned this or filed for abandonment of this corridor in 2018. And at that time, the city of New Albany uh, filed with the Surface Transportation Board to try and negotiate uh, what is called rail banking, which is a, uh, a mechanism in federal law that allows for interim trail use of the corridor, but also preserves the corridor, keeps it intact um, in case at some point in the future, uh, rail service might be needed again along that line. So if you think back to the 1800s, the the nation made an enormous investment in these corridors and, uh, you know, that potentially may have an economic use again in the future. So uh, keeping it together is important. Using it for trails, uh, I think, adds a lot of benefit to the local communities. And who knows what, you know, 200 years from now, maybe that corridor may again someday have an economic use uh, for rail. But um, in the meantime, and likely for a long period of time, it will be used for a recreational trail. Uh, So that happened in 2018, and there was a long period of negotiation with CSX. The state kind of got involved in that beginning in – uh, early 2022 really started to uh, get really engaged in that and working with the city of New Albany and uh, Mayor Jeff Gahan and then also uh, Radius Indiana, uh, we were able to help uh, pull those negotiations together and, and get CSX to to agree to a, an acquisition price. So it, it definitely has been a long, a long road to this point. <laughs> You know, you and I have talked here several times, not only about just next level trails, but this is a big deal. I mean, you don't just see this type of conversion, redeployment, reuse, redevelop, whatever you want to call it, especially for outdoor recreation uh, in, in this kind of a staggering way. I haven't heard of this type of trail being developed in other regional states, our neighbors. Are they... Are we outpacing them? Do you have a perspective on that? Well, I, I'm not aware of everything that every other state is doing, but I think Next Level Trails is really unique as a state-funded program. Most states um, that I'm aware of are trying to do trail efforts with federal dollars, and those come with all kinds of strings attached to them that make them are really kind of cumbersome to use, especially for local units of government and nonprofit organizations. And uh, so doing this with state dollars um, appropriated through the General Assembly, I believe is unique and and really makes us a leader in this area. Um, As far as scale, I, I mean, there are other long distance trails in other states that are 
are you know really popular. This is the biggest single project that we've ever bitten off in Indiana. The Cardinal Greenway, uh, which generally runs from uh, Richmond over to Marion with a, a good-sized gap in the middle of it, um, they were able to acquire that uh, 60 miles in 1998. So this is a little bit bigger, but you know, that's probably the best comparison that I can think of. In, and I, I I can't think offhand of a single acquisition of this size in any of our immediately adjacent states in recent memory. It certainly brings pride to those in this part of the state. Economic development is important everywhere, but quality of life and the benefits, not just of having a trail, it's kind of rolls off the tongue, oh, building 60 miles of trails. There's so many other things that trail behind. Oh, see what I did? I didn't want to do that, and I just did it. it trails behind, <laughs> see? The economic development that takes place uh, around this type of infrastructure investment is pretty substantial in these communities. But once they get in, how are they going to be maintained? Is that going to be a state thing? Well, the, the model that we have in Indiana is that the state generally helps local uh, organizations, whether that's a unit of government like the city of New Albany or a nonprofit or an economic development group like Radius. Uh, the model so far in Indiana has been that the state helps to build these and the local units of government build up a grassroots organization that supports the ongoing operation and maintenance of the trail. So that's how it's worked to date. Um, there, it, it, it kind of depends on how the trail is built, what kind of maintenance costs come along with that, um, with an asphalt trail. You make the initial investment, and it it's um, yeah, other than some crack sealing and and such over the first ten years. There's not a whole lot of maintenance that's needed. Um, the other approach is a crushed stone surface, which is cheaper at the outset, but does you know, has to be dressed up periodically, especially with rain and so on. Um, but the initial investment is is lower, and the uh, maintenance is something that uh, you know a county highway department sure. can easily handle. So in the, it kind of depends on the area and how many users you're expecting and what uh, type of users. Um, the crushed stone surface is suitable for a lot of uh, a lot of use, but you know, uh, really narrow tired bicycles don't fit it as well. And there's you know when it right. rains, it becomes a bit softer, but. Well, uh, lots of things to consider. Indeed there is, and we appreciate it's worthy of an extended conversation because these type of things don't just happen. And I know the announcement's been made, and then there's been negotiations that go way back, and now this announcement, so everybody's got their eyes focused on it. When when can people start utilizing the trail? Well, people will probably have to be a little patient on that. Um, the first step once... Well, you've already uh, said it's going to be out there. I, now I want to use it, see? <laughs> I know. Can't wait myself. But um, we expect this will take a few years. Uh, as soon as the real estate transaction closes, which we're anticipating next month, uh, CSX still needs to pull up the rails and ties. So during that period of time, there'll be a lot of surveying and design and engineering work, uh, You know, evaluating the condition of bridges, culverts, crossings, that sort of thing. 
Um, and uh, we expect construction probably will take a couple of years until we get to that point. Uh, but it's something to look forward to. I know we're excited about it. Well, I am excited because this is a great announcement and much like the objective that was set forth a long time ago, the goal was to have a state park within an hour of every Hoosier. Check that box. Now with the development of these trails connecting communities, the connectivity factor becomes really, really important. And these developments and these trails are, as we've already said, so important. So giving you the time to talk about this as the state's uh, land acquisition uh, director, we appreciate, as always, what you do. It sounds like, you know, now that all this is announced and you got all this money, it's kind of on easy street. So you can kind of take a vacation, maybe take a sabbatical. You don't have much to do, right? <laughs> There's a lot of work to do and we'll be hard at it. Well, I'm in the commercial real estate business. I can't imagine the title work on associated with something like this. <laughs> I'm, I just kind of makes my head spin a little bit. So hopefully all the great uh, attorneys within our department got it all under control. Uh, I hate to ask this now that we've just talked about this, but is there anything else that's important that we should talk about from land acquisition? Well, I think the other thing the governor mentioned in his state of the state address is he's also asked the legislature for an additional $25 million for the state's next level uh, conservation program, which uh, if you're familiar with the uh, what used to be called the Indiana Heritage Trust, it's funded by the sale of those uh, light blue environmental uh-huh. license plates, helps the state uh, acquire and protect land for conservation. It's added you know, tens of thousands of acres to our state forests, state parks. Um, So that's on the governor's agenda as well. And I think that's something to be excited about. Well, we'll have more reason to talk. Mark Becker with our division of land acquisition, big announcement, more to come. We have stuff to talk about over the next few years. Thanks for being a part of Indiana Outdoors and sharing this great news. You bet. Thank you, Brian. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Don't go anywhere. Back right after this. Indiana Outdoors. It's Saturday morning. I'm your host, Brian Pointer, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. It's all you need to know. Appreciate you, as always, being a part of this. Thank the stations that carry them. Carry this great show all across the state of Indiana, and I've been excited all week to connect with our good friend Brent Wheat, the editor of Guns Magazine. Of course, this week, the SHOT Show out in Las Vegas, and our Man on the ground, the editor of Guns Magazine. I can't imagine what this week has been like for a man of sitting high atop the uh, outdoor world riding throne. That's what you are. You're just the king. I just wanted to. I'm so glad you were able to give us a little time early here for you. But it's been a long week. Tell me what it was like. Oh well, it, it just incredibly long. And I was I was going to start with. Do you know what time it is here, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. That's, that's why you're my hero. That's why you're my uh, hero. No. no, I'm standing in the lobby, actually the casino of the Venetian, and uh, we're going to grab some breakfast and roll out of here. But it's been an incredible week. Uh, probably the best shot show I've been to in a while, and that's kind of saying something. Um, just 
the the show is back. A lot of folks still weren't here last year, but they're back. But yet the crowds were a tiny bit diminished. I think a lot of the uh, lookers, the tire kickers, I don't think they showed up. So it was really a lot of business to business. Well, that's what you're in, the business of Guns Magazine. And, you know, for all the years that you went out there as an outdoor writer and other things, now you've got responsibilities that are pretty significant uh, at Guns Magazine. And for someone like you, what do you when, when you go out there, what's your objective? I know you're not a looker and I know it's business to business, but what are you looking for? What are you trying to generate in content? Well, well, a, a lot of it doing what I do, being the editor, you know, guys are always saying, oh, man, you must go on hunts and all that stuff. And I do that. But a lot of it is it's it's administrative. You know, we meet with clients. Uh, we uh, I go with our sales team to uh, talk to potential new clients. Um, unfortunately, I don't get to walk as much as I, I got I used to. And especially this year, we actually had a booth on Radio Row, uh, which was really cool. That was the first year we did that. So we did a bunch of live broadcasts and podcasts, and it was really cool being out there. So uh, in terms of actually walking the floor and seeing new product and all that, um, I didn't get to do much this year. But the nice thing is uh, so many folks that uh, – uh, that work for us, and uh, you know they're they're constantly stopping by and saying, "Hey, hey, boss, I saw this. Let's uh, can I do a story?" So I'm like, "Sure, but just make sure you follow up with an email because I won't remember that in two hours." But uh, a lot of good stuff this year, and uh, it's been very successful. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I follow them on social media, and I was I was amazed at the staging and how long it takes to get these things set up prior to people showing up and just like that it's over but a lot of work goes on do you ever get starstruck when you're out there because i know a lot of the big big folks like you are out there but do you get starstruck when you're talking to folks out there oh uh in the industry not so much because i kind of kind of know about everybody um i think i don't know if i told the story last year we went up to a suite we were invited up with uh, some clients we're going to show us uh, some products and have a few cocktails and do that and we knock on the door and it's lou ferrigno open oh. the door for us it's like <laughs> oh well how about that not as not as the hulk of course but as no lou, lou ferrigno god that's funny yeah <laughs> did you it did is. you immediately recognize him oh yeah 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 it was like and it I don't know that it was awkward for him, but it sure was for us because it's like, that's Lou Ferrigno, <laughs> the guy, the Hulk, you know, I and he just answered the door, come on in. <laughs> so, wasn't expecting that, but I got to say, I haven't seen as many celebrities this year, but again, I've not been as mobile as I have been in years past. So, we, uh, Ted Nugent is a big fan of American Handgunner, which is our sister publication, and uh, he, he actually uh, reached out to the editor, Tom McHale, and said he wanted some magazines. So every time we did our live broadcast, we're like, come on, Nuge, come by. You, you have to walk past here, so come on. And unfortunately, Ted didn't show up. So, so yeah, I've not seen that many celebrities. I know they're here, though, because you know, I hear all the uh, comments people make. It's very exciting. Uh, did you or your team end up at the ATA, the Archery Trade Association here in Indianapolis, by chance? Actually, this was the first year I hadn't. It just with things uh, working out the way they did, being the uh, few days before I left for Vegas, I was I, I had credentials. I was planning on going, and I finally said, you know, I'm going to see those same folks in about four or five days. So I didn't make it. 
heard the show was great and yeah i didn't make it down this year because i always love going out there and finding somebody and doing some chit chat and getting some content for the show and Plus, yep. seeing I, all the social media stuff makes my mouth drool because I was watching these these uh, videos and things on Instagram where people were out at the show, new the technology and trail cams and other yeah. things. It's just insane. So, for you being out in Vegas at the uh, shot show, I can't imagine what it's like. And as usual, it doesn't surprise me. You're up early. You're ready to hit the ground running and uh probably getting ready to come home are you gonna stay out there a little bit or are you gonna come right no, back that's that's what we're doing we're having some breakfast with folks and then uh, i have to head out i actually fly into phoenix and then uh, come up and stay with my good friend ken campbell who is the ceo of gunsight academy so uh i end up uh, taking the shuttle up to uh, paulden arizona where they live and then we drive over it's about three hours so we gotta we gotta get rolling here in a little while, and uh, then I gotta make it back to Phoenix. But uh, always then the gr- real work starts. When I, you have to con- all the follow up cards and all that. Yeah, well, absolutely. So you can count on the fact we're going to be talking to you more uh, when you get back. Always good stuff. Brent Wheat, editor of Guns Magazine, great Hoosier outdoor writer. Look forward to catching up with you, and thanks for the report from the Shot Show. Absolutely. Talk uh, to you later, Brian. See you, buddy. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives. Great to visit with Brent. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. Indiana Outdoors, it's Saturday. I'm your host. Can't thank you enough for being a part of it. Great opportunity today talking about the uh, next level trail, the largest trail, longest trail in the state of Indiana announced at the state of the state. Thank you so much for Mark Becker, our land acquisition director. And uh, as promised, it's always great when we can visit with other outdoor riders, fellow Indiana outdoor riders, regular contributor here to Indiana Outdoors, Brandon Butler. You know him, Driftwood Outdoors. Brandon, how you been? What's been going on? It's busy time of the year already. Doing good. Doing good. Uh, skipped out on all the trade shows, which is an interesting uh, topic, man. We could talk a lot about that. They sure do seem to be dwindling in size, the SHOT Show, ATA Show. I wonder if uh, gathering all together is going to slowly become a thing of the past. Really? So I didn't make it, uh, I've never, believe it or not, I've never been to the SHOT Show, but I've heard about it. And of course, we have people out there we talk to for Indiana Outdoors, et cetera, et cetera. The Archery Trade Association, which is typically here in Indianapolis or Louisville, uh, had a conflict and I knew I wasn't going to be able to make it, so I didn't even try to get credentials. But you know, I follow people and follow organizations and groups on social media. I didn't have an insight as to the crowds, but I don't know. I th- I've heard, you know, like the boat sport and travel show coming up, for example, here. They had the largest crowds they've ever had. And they're anticipating more. So I hope it's not a progenitor of things to come that uh, these shows go away. Um, 
But well, that's apple. That's apples to oranges, man. Yeah, that's they're true. Not, they're, they're not the same thing. So the Indianapolis boat sport and travel show, Deer Classic. I can't wait. I'm gonna exactly gonna actually be there this year. I'm coming. I haven't been in a few years, but that's where you walk around and get a bag of jerky and meet <laughs> outfitters and, and buy some discount spinnerbaits and and man, that that those are some of the greatest days when I was a kid. I was allowed to miss a day of school to go with Grandpa to the Chicago show. And and that is like, you know, it's a flea market for outdoor folks. It, it's amazing. The trade shows that I'm talking about, like, are where the dealers are supposed to go. Right, right. Put their orders in. Well, you can do that through an email in 15 minutes now. And if you are an owner of a company, so let's put ourselves in their shoes. It's $100,000 at least to attend one of those shows. If you got a big booth, you got to bring employees in to Vegas, flights hotel rooms cheeseburgers out there $25 now it's insane so if you can save on all that plus they just gouge you to death when you're trying to like set up your booth Um, you want to put your own garbage can in there you get fined somebody has to bring it over and charge you $25 to set your garbage can down you rent carpet for like a thousand bucks for a week I mean you know, it's the old adage of just shooting yourself in the foot, and and it's it's going to go away. I think you can do all your orders online, or a company would be better off to hire a salesman and put them on the road for a year than spending four days at a trade show full of like five foot five dudes in nylon pants and combat boots trying to <laughs> pretend like they're Rambo. You know? I love it. You know, you're dead on, and it was a great catch and correction because it is in apples and oranges there's so many other regional shows speaking of the flea market for guys like me and you it seems like there's there's fly fishing shows there's other outdoor shows all around the midwest and like we've already previewed we're going to be doing our broadcasting out at the boat sport and travel show both weekends the second weekend of course is deer turkey waterfowl expo which is not only brandon's favorite but mine as well and i'm sure Heck, they even extended it one day a couple of years ago because it was so popular. So what else are you doing? What else have you been writing about? Uh, how's the Driftwood Outdoors podcast? What's on your mind? I went down to Arkansas last week and shot some ducks. That was super fun. You know, I, I have I have a, a tendency to go like all in on something when I start learning. And duck hunting was that for me probably seven or eight years ago. I bought into a marsh and learned everything I could learn about ducks. And ultimately what I learned was duck hunting can be that one outdoor activity for me that I spend money on. Because I think, I think if I go duck hunting three to six times per year and it's good hunting at a nice lodge, um, that that's wor- that's money well spent. When you get to go out, somebody else has put the decoys out for you. Exactly. There's, there's biscuits and gravy when you get back. You got a thermos full of coffee. You're cutting up with dudes in the blind. It's just I don't know. It's it's fallen into this place for me of not taking it too serious. Really enjoying the company and camaraderie, and then kind of getting spoiled a little bit by by staying in a nice warm bed and having food served. So like I'll go out and you know, bust my own back, putting a deer hunting property together, hanging stands, food plots. I'll put, you know, 50 miles on my boots during turkey season. But I think I'm going to be a lazy duck hunter for the rest of my life. I I don't blame you. Go to a lodge once or twice a year, shoot some ducks, eat good food, meet cool people. So I've, I've resigned myself to being a duck hunting Snob. Well, that's okay because uh, I'm kind of there too, as the older I've gotten. And 
like you just said, I went over to the uh, Harpole's Heartland Lodge, not too far from just a little north of St. Louis. You ever been there? No. Fantastic. Yeah, it, the, it's an Orvis certified area. lodge, and I'd never been to one. It was on a bucket list, and it was everything and more. But the reason that I bring that story up is it had snowed overnight, and they weren't. nobody was really anticipating snow sticking and uh, it snowed a good couple of inches and you know by the time our guides met us they immediately told us yeah we've been out there since about three o'clock cleaning off decoys and i'm like that was immediately when i said wow this was a really smart decision by us to come to this lodge because you know they're out there cleaning and it was an underground pit that had electricity so we had coffee in the blind too it was fantastic anyway when i was a kid my grandpa uh would pay 50 cents a bluegill to have them filleted when we were down at Blue Bank and uh-huh. uh, Grace Camp on Real Foot. And I remember thinking, like, it's a fortune. Why would you spend a fortune on doing something that you can so easily do yourself in an hour's worth of time? But now I can look back and in my mind's eye, see my grandpa and his buddies drinking beer on a patio while some 15-year-old kid was filleting their exactly. uh, bluegills. So let's say there was a hundred that day. That's fifty bucks split four ways for twelve dollars and fifty cents. You can buy your time back and sit on the patio and drink a beer while somebody else is flaying your fish. And that's the kind of wisdom that it takes time to achieve. I'm just thankful that the time has passed right. to put me in that boat because uh, I'm looking for somebody to, to fillet my bluegill. At this point. <laughs> that'd be a, a title. That'd be a great title for a book, a memoir by Brandon Butler. Yeah, and the same thing with ducks. Like you said, you know, like like my whole effort ended with pulling the trigger. <laughs> the dog went and got the duck. The guy finished it, and then I got a bag of breasts to take home with me. It was, it was pretty awesome. Well, it's great to visit with you in the new year. We hope to catch up with you more. I know you're a busy guy. Appreciate you as always. What's next up on the Driftwood Outdoors podcast? Well, uh, Shags is back. If anybody out there listens, then you might know already. And for those of you that don't, I I, I partner with a guy named Shags. He's a full-time radio DJ, pretty locally famous in Missouri. 44 years old and, and had a full-blown stroke. Holy uh, very smokes. scary. I was I was at the hospital within two hours. Um, he was administered medicine that gave him a full recovery. It's the miracle of this modern medicine. It's just, it's hard to describe, like, the fear of seeing him in, like, a completely stroked-out state where he couldn't speak, couldn't hardly move. And then that was on a Monday uh, administered the medicine, walked out of the hospital on Thursday. Holy smokes. Was grace of God uh, and, and modern medicine. And um, he took a month off, and in, in pure Shag's fashion, he's named it his strokation. <laughs> so he was on a, a month-long strokation. And uh, the next podcast comes out Tuesday is uh, the Welcome Back Shags episode where Love we it. go through the whole process. And he explains like what it was like in his mind to oh. go through this while he was waiting on his fiance to get him to the hospital. So um, after three years of never missing a week, we took a, a week off and uh, we're, we're back on good. Tuesday. And then the duck hunting episode from Arkansas will come out the week after that. And that's a good one, too, because I was there with an editor from Field and Stream, 
uh, an editor from American Hunter, and then a, a web writer for a bunch of websites and stuff. So well, let's, I was representing let's save that for some more stories down the road. Brandon, have a great weekend. Appreciate you as always. Driftwood Outdoors. Be good, my friend. See you outside soon, I hope. Thanks, buddy. You bet. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Great to visit with Brandon Butler. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. We're going to wrap it up when we return right after this. flies when you're having fun say it almost every week because we do have a lot of fun here it is the indiana outdoor show and i am your host brian pointer kind of a uh, it's a big weekend got football to look forward to big games and it's i don't have a dog in the fight so i'm just going to enjoy some some uh, adult beverages and football that sounds like a perfect opportunity it has been so much fun today to visit with uh, two great hoosier outdoor writers brandon butler and Brent Wheat, the editor of Guns Magazine, and uh, out at the SHOT Show. Two different stories there. Brandon thinks these are going away. Brent thinks they're coming back alive and well. So hopefully all had a good time. Mark Becker, of course, talked to us about the next level trails. This uh, Monon South is what they're calling it. It's a 60-plus mile contiguous trail. extends through five different counties. Very complex. I'm glad there's smart people dedicated to advancing conservation and outdoor recreation here in the state of Indiana, led by Governor Daniels. So we have a lot of work coming out of our Department of Natural Resources over the next few years. Folks, remember, turn in a poacher, 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R. Be safe. Enjoy this beautiful weekend. Watch a little football. And I hope to see you outside, everybody. Talk to you soon. <laughs>